Hi and welcome to this new episode of Papa PhD. This week on the show, I'm sharing with you my conversation with Diana Horke of V1 Studio about the Quebec Scientific Entrepreneurship or QCSE program. Note that the day this episode comes out, you have just under a week to apply. The deadline is February 2nd, 2022 for the cohort starting on February 7th. So listen to the interview and if you're interested and eligible, be sure to apply now. Welcome to Papa PhD with David Mendez, the podcast where we explore careers and life after grad school with guests who have walked the road less traveled and have unique stories to tell about how they made their place in a world of constantly evolving rules. Get ready to go off the beaten path and hop on for an exciting new episode of Papa PhD. Welcome to this new episode of Papa PhD. Today, I have the pleasure of having with me Diana Horke. Diana is the executive director of V1 Studio, a nonprofit organization affiliated with Concordia University that partners with Canada's best scientific entrepreneurs to bring their research from lab to market through the convergence of emerging technologies, science, and leadership. As part of her role at V1 Studio, Diana leads two main programs, the Quebec Scientific Entrepreneurship Program, which is an online lab-to-market program that gives scientists an entrepreneurial mindset to transform their academic research into tangible, innovative, innovative products and services. And she also leads the Scientific Venture Program, which is a two-year all-in-one postdoc program specifically targeted at PhDs to accompany them throughout the different stages of developing their research from lab to market. So for people who watch or listen to Papa PhD, this is really for you. <laughs> Welcome to Papa PhD, Diana. Thank you. Yes, it's a perfect target audience. <laughs> yes, yes. So that's why I'm super, super happy to have you here and that we met, that, you know, that we connected and that... Uh, that you end up being here on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much for the invitation. So, yeah, uh, I think uh, today we should focus on letting people know what these projects are, uh, what v V1 Studio does. Um, can you, um, you know, based on what I just said, do you have a word, uh, a word of introduction of you, V1 Studio, to the audience, uh, you know, based on what I just said? Yeah, so so I mean, it was a very great explanation of the two things that we mainly do. I'll talk a little bit about V1 and I guess where it started. Um, it, the v, V1, as you said, it's a nonprofit organization uh, that basically want to give the opportunities to researchers to explore entrepreneurship. Like it's it's as simple as that. We want you to see these are these are the the opportunities in entrepreneurship, um, not necessarily for them to build businesses all the time, but at least to acknowledge that, yeah, there are certain skills that could potentially have an impact in how I'm even doing my research and, and how I'm planning my roadmap as a researcher. No, um, that's on one side. So really about exploring entrepreneurship. And the other thing is for the ones that do want to take that jump, we want to help them in that transition from the lab into this 
crazy world of entrepreneurship because we know that it's not the same, right? Like there's so many challenges. It's yeah. so hard. Um, and it's a, it can get very lonely too. So we, we as an organization, we want to help them in each step uh, from, from the moment they have an idea. And so I don't even know who to talk to, to the mystified mm-hmm. entrepreneurship and, and help them in different ways, including uh, not only access to coaches, for example, uh, both people from the business side, but also from the academic world, you know, that have a little bit of experience there. Um, but also through just that leadership mindset as well. So they can mm-hmm. develop their own personal skills, that human transformation. So in general, like that's what we care about everyone. Um, and mm-hmm. the reason why we do it, it, it kind of like has started with the idea that there is so many researchers here in Canada and our services are across Canada. Um, that when they finish their PhD, they don't necessarily know where to go. And that's why I said, like, this is a great, <laughs> it's a perfect target segment. Because, mm-hmm. You know, they think about what are the opportunities in academia, but they don't even think about what are the opportunities outside. Um, and they can use the knowledge that they have created to have a different type of impact in society too. So so it kind of came from, from that idea and using that knowledge uh, within Canada. Mm-hmm. So uh, th- that brings me uh, to a question, which is, you know, you might think if you know if if I go back to when I was uh, a research, uh, uh, a graduate researcher, yeah. I might have thought, okay, people who do engineering, okay, there's some you know entrepreneurship and engineering easy to make a link. Yeah. People who study business, who study marketing, easy to make a link. And you, what you're telling me is, uh, you're trying to bridge the gap between people who are doing research in different domains. And, and we'll talk about that. I, I'd like to know if there's a specific um, a gamut of domains or if it's, you know, social sciences or, or hard sciences or natural or life sciences, you know, all, all mixed together. But w- for people who are watching and are, are like scratching their head and saying, well, I'm at the lab doing this like basic research. How can this become a, an entrepreneurial endeavor? Do you have uh, do you have an answer for them, well, and 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 are they part of of okay, your yeah. your target audience? Yeah, you know what? Like, so there is two things. On one side, uh, we start with a simple question on like, why are you doing this research? Why does anyone care about it? Like, it's as simple as that. It's like what mm-hmm. type of impact they can have, even if it doesn't become a startup. As I said, like it maybe doesn't. But at least thinking about what are the ramifications and the potential impact that it can have in the future, it starts to get them into that entrepreneurial mindset. So, yes, mm-hmm. someone that is in lab are kind of like, okay, I don't see a connection. I tell you, there is always a connection. It's just mm-hmm. that you need to take tiny steps to get you into that mindset thinking that um, is going to help you move forward in, in your path, whatever you are in, in your journey. Sometimes it's super early stage, oh, early stage or early career, uh, but mm-hmm. sometimes even farther away. Like we do work with certain professors that have been in academia for 20 years. Okay. They never thought about entrepreneurship. And now they're kind of seeing the value that it can have. And the great thing that we're seeing is that cultural change in Canada, uh, because mm-hmm. maybe they won't be entrepreneurs, but they would encourage their students or people in the lab to think like an entrepreneur again mm-hmm. and, and continue working research so they can see the impact so that's one thing the other what you made me think about when you were saying this we actually had an event this week where one of our alumni from the qcsc program which is 
again, just the goal is to explore entrepreneurship. That's it. It's just three months, very light. Uh, he said, you know, one of the things that he loved about the program is that he could continue studying. He, he's in the process of doing his PhD. He's actually in, in the last year and he could continue writing his thesis while he was doing this, uh, this program, right? It, it's designed mm-hmm. in that way. And he was saying how one of his biggest regrets was that he didn't do it earlier in his PhD. He said, mm-hmm. like, you know what? If I, if I would have known, if I would have at the beginning, like in my first year, when there is not a lot of craziness yet, you know, there is not it, tension it, and stress. Exactly. Yes. Like right there in first year, said like I I would have probably planned my research in a different way. Because I would have thought about the long-term impact, the potential of commercialization, even though maybe, again, he doesn't take it to the market, mm-hmm. he can hold that baton of research. But of then course. when he's done, because everything was laid out, he can pass it to someone else that can potentially do it. So, mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. So, yes, like if you're, if you're doubting, at least take the step of seeing, you know, spending one or two hours asking questions and what is entrepreneurship because uh there is already a lot of skills that i think phds have that are completely transferable into entrepreneurship it's just we think about that way because we don't know what entrepreneurship is it's kind of scary mm-hmm. um so we want to demystify that so you touched on a very important point there and and you know uh, thinking of my time in graduate school time would have been uh, you know, a very sensitive issue. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit about what sort of investment of time, if you, in, you know, engage and uh, and enroll and, and get into the program, what, what's it going to demand of you uh, in terms of time and participation? Yeah, so for QCSC, it's, uh, it's an online program, first of all. So um, we run it three times a year. Um, okay. And it's three hours a week, but it's only one hour in um, like in an online class. So, so we have okay. workshops every week. It's just one hour where we give the opportunity. It's, it's working time. So we give knowledge, but they also get to work at the same time. And maybe mm-hmm. like two hours, depending on how fast you're watching videos. So we have a couple of videos um, and that's it for three months. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, Super manageable because it was designed for people that are are doing their PhD uh, and and they're super busy. We know that it's not like a thirty hour job, right? Like we know it's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, an hour. <laughs> so we were thinking about that when the program was being designed. So that's that's mm-hmm. the commitment uh, just to explore entrepreneurship. That that is super super uh, interesting, and I'm sure it's super enriching. It's interesting that you mentioned having an alumnus coming to to talk about and and giving his. His feedback and wanting to start to have started earlier. Uh, so, uh, so again, what this this is telling me is that no matter what stage you are at in your PhD, you are eligible to you know to to enroll. Yeah, first exactly. year, last year, middle. Yeah, even if you finished, like actually QCSE, it's it's uh, if if you're done, you can still join. We're still gonna accept you. Uh, and and QCSE, so the Quebec Scientific Entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Our program is specifically for uh, any um, student in Quebec, any candidate in Quebec. Uh, but, and this is kind of like the news, I don't know if I can share it <laughs> right away, <laughs> but um, we're actually uh, bringing the program nationally. So we're okay. working with two partners um, uh, in Dalhousie, 
um, in Nova Scotia and Ryerson in Ontario who are going to be running our program, but in okay. other uh, provinces Over to the, be able to their own cohorts. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So it's super exciting. And we're actually already working with other partners to extend it to all provinces across Canada. So we're really bringing mm -hmm. it national. And this is a program that we have been running for three years. And I can okay. say that the even the curriculum is not the same from the moment we started. Like it's mm -hmm. entrepreneurship moves and the program evolves with it. So that's why we're even more excited because now we get to leverage knowledge across Canada to continue to improve mm -hmm. the program together. So we're not alone. We're and it's exciting to have partners that believe in the same mission. Um, mm -hmm. So so now even if there is people, even even if they're not in those provinces, we're going to accept them anyway because we really believe okay. that it's a great program and it's an opportunity and it's free. Um, in our case, thanks to the FRQ, so the Fonds de Recherche du Québec, they're the ones, thanks to them, we managed to create the program because they believe in it. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's why it's open in Quebec. And now, thanks to my tax, we're able to expand it across uh, nationally too. This is, this is amazing. And and, uh, and uh, it's interesting. Uh, those are two two names that just came up in my previous interview. <laughs> <The FRQ. laughs> yes, and my tax. So I'm happy. I'm happy that you're mentioning them now. But one thing that I, because I today I really wanted people to kind of get a peek of what they can get, and uh, and because because I think there's two things. I'd really love someone who had no idea of going into entrepreneurship, coming out of seeing this interview and saying, you know what, this is is free. the The time investment is not too much. It's tried and tested. You've been doing it for three years already. Uh, I'm going to jump in that, that, and also uh, people who already have this curiosity or, or will to go into entrepreneurship to know a little bit more of, okay, what am I getting? You know, uh, you've talked about one hour, uh, which I imagine on a sort of a video conference yeah. with, uh, with a cohort. Uh, then you've talked about time, uh, time uh, viewing videos that you've prepared. Yeah. Is there some other other aspect of uh, coaching or one on one? Just just if you can give a little bit yeah. more details of what what's the what what happens in those three months, yeah. uh, and and maybe the main curricular points that 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 you want to to um, to yeah. get people to learn. So so um, for QCSC. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we mm -hmm. start with really like the first three weeks are about more exploration, let's say, and demystifying entrepreneurship. Okay. So we talk about what is entrepreneurship, what is scientific entrepreneurship, when we talk about innovation, what does it mean? Like all of these words that we keep saying all the time that sometimes mm -hmm. end up having no meaning. We go into, okay, this is what it actually means. So we give that vocabulary. Um, and, and we actually have a, a, a new sort of session where, um, This is a program for people that have an idea, or as you said, that have no idea either. So we help them come up, maybe start thinking about in a playful way. Um, is there a startup in your PhD, for example? Right? It's like, is mm -hmm. there something maybe already there? So it's just for them to 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 have an initial point. So that's kind of like the beginning. Let's explore entrepreneurship. What are the possibilities? Uh, let's talk about certain very well-known tools that that we use across the world really in the startup ecosystem uh mm -hmm. like for example the business model canvas like we start to explain them like this is what it means and this is these are the this is why it's important and some key points um mm -hmm. so then in the next um six weeks i'm not mistaken six weeks yes we dive into okay let's talk about um different 
pieces of a business that may be overwhelming when you think it separately, <laughs> but let's mm -hmm. put it in like a one page strategy and start thinking about them uh, and what are the specificities about scientific entrepreneurship? Because it's not the same when you build it's something same, that is yeah. tech <laughs> than when you're doing just, I don't know, like an app in your computer or in your basement and that's it, right? It's, yeah. it's different. There's different challenges when we talk about, you know, maybe health, care like we we need to think about the approvals when we talk about bio you, you know like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's so so we talked about those those um those important pieces like who may be a potential customer uh who are potential partners that you have to interact with what is what makes your project unique as well how are you differentiating yourself from the competitors how do you start thinking about pricing like little things like that but not their key but not too much in depth that you get overwhelmed. And I think this, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this is super important because what one of the reasons why we wanted to create this program to make it a specific for researchers was that we had noticed, um, and I didn't talk about myself, but I used to work at District Innovation Center. So we've worked with a lot of scientific entrepreneurs for the past years. Uh, we have worked with more than 600 entrepreneurs in the past. Like We have seen this. We have this knowledge. And we noticed that a lot of researchers that would get into the typical incubators, if they wanted to have, if they had an idea, they would get overwhelmed, but the amount of information they would receive like mm -hmm. this, and they had to <laughs> catch up very quickly. Right. And, and it's, it's, it's hard. So we decided, okay, let's, let's first show them the vocabulary. This is what it means slowly. So then if they have the time, if they do decide to jump entrepreneurship, then we go more in depth and 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 allow them mm -hmm. to to you know go into more detail. So that's kind of like the second phase. And then the third phase, once you 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 have this sort of idea, again, this strategy on one paper, um, how do you actually tell to the world that this is what you're working on? So then mm -hmm. we talk about pitching, right? How do you com communicate your 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 innovation, uh, your scientific project? Um, to the world without being too technical so people understand it mm -hmm. but they also see the impact that you could potentially have in the future so those are kind of like the big faces and what it's what it's very interesting for for our participants something that they love is that we actually do this in collaboration with uh, not only universities but also with a lot of partners in the ecosystem. So we have mm -hmm. guests that come and give some of the workshops. So you get to connect potentially with future incubators. Even though you're so early, mm -hmm. you start having that relationship to get outside of your common network. You start expanding your network. We invite scientific entrepreneurs that not only, maybe they've only been in their journey for three years, some of them maybe seven. So you get to compare what are the challenges that they faced that you need to have in mind, we um, actually give them the opportunity to pitch in front of incubators and ecosystem okay. experts. So they get the feedback right away and they implement it and they pitch again. And, and we have seen that some cases, actually, incubators send us a message saying like, hey, I want to accept this person. Do you mind putting this <laughs> right away? I'm like, you know, amazing. Like, that's good. And if it's something Perfect. that they're interested in, then at least they can make the decision, right? It's like, yeah, I want to do yep. it or... Maybe not yet. Maybe later. That's okay. I really love that, and and uh, I was going to ask whether there was some interfacing with people, you know, from the ecosystem, and and it's super good news. <laughs> I'm super happy to hear that that it, that it is the way it's uh, set up because uh, w one of the things that I 
that I've mentioned in different or that I've covered in different interviews on Papa PhD with different guests is this importance or, well, let's put it in another way. There's a barrier to entry yeah. from if you leave the bench and want to get into entrepreneur, entrepreneurship, but also industry, industry yeah. which is culture and terminology. And you talked about the vocabulary, the vocabulary a lot, and it might seem weird like why learning vocabulary is important it is very important because yeah. those first conversations you're going to have with different stakeholders be it wa wanting to start a, a something up or or getting into an industry well knowing the right terminology is really important so that you're taken seriously on that first approach and it and, and that then you can go to further conversations i really 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 love it and and i think it's a really re really um smart way to go about it And I, I really, really think that uh, anyone who's listening, watching, and who, who has this, you know, itch to to dip their toe in the entrepreneurship uh, pool, uh, I, I think they need to go, to get into onto your program. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 again, like it's it's uh it's fun because we have so much diversity, and that's I think an important point because uh, you kind of ask about. What are the, you know, the sectors um, that, that we get? We actually get from all sectors, right? Um, mm -hmm. And we give different examples so they can feel like, okay, they see someone that is maybe closer to the sector um, uh, specifically. So mainly, like, we accept everyone, but we receive a lot of people coming from uh, life science, people in just in STEM in general, uh, mm -hmm. in STEM, like, we that those are the big bulk of our um applicants but you know we have people in education we have people in anthropology it, like mm -hmm. it's it's super interesting and i think the fact that they get to connect and hear each other's ideas also sparks more ideas because that mm -hmm. multidisciplinary is super important for innovation like we know this right like there's we we know that it's it's key and i think it, the fact that they have the opportunity to connect from people from other disciplines, from other universities, from other labs, maybe sometimes other provinces, like it's it's super valuable for them. Yeah. You never know who who that person may introduce you to in the future, right? Of course. No, the aspect of, of networking for sure is important, yeah. not only with people who come and present, but also with your cohort. Exactly. Now one thing that I, I feel that's important in this whole process is maybe even, you know, changing someone's mindset from oh this is a crazy idea to you know what no i can make this happen because this person who was presenting something quite similar and um i i really really uh i really really think it's a great model now i'm curious do you have feedback from people you know from let's say three years ago uh do you have examples that you can share of, of like two kind of different projects that you know were born from uh from from one of these cohorts Let's yeah. say in different, in kind of different domains. Yeah. Okay. Let me think about it. Like, I mean, I have uh, from, from three years from now. Um, there is quite a few. Actually, funny enough, like one of my uh, employees, she did QCSC three years ago, the first cohort. Okay. She joined. Uh, she stayed in the entrepreneurial ecosystem. Decided to help other entrepreneurs. She has a background in in, in bio, and now she just had a, a job in industry mm -hmm. so she's leaving me one we're sad but i'm happy for her because mm -hmm. it's great for her career <laughs> and now she's going to be leading the entrepreneurial um entrepreneurial team 
within the new organization. So okay, he moved from, and she also started her startup. Like she, after finishing the program, she tested entrepreneurship. Then she started working with incubators. Then she worked with us. And now she's going to be leading her own team in industry. Um, hmm. <laughs> to become an That's... entrepreneur, you know? So it's kind of like, and, and, and it's in her domain. She's using her knowledge, the research that she did to um, ha- have an impact in a different way. And this is like very mm. specific because um, again, it's not someone that necessarily finished with an inter- with a startup, but got her to a different world. Um, and that's kind of like what we want. We want to have this sort of impact. We have mm. quite a few examples and like, um, you know, if, if, if they check on our website, you're going to be able to see it. But one of the ones that it's, it's super exciting, especially because I was part of the, the, um, I was one of the facilitators in her cohort. It's okay. Prisca. So uh, her name is Prisca Bustamante. Um, she did, if I remember correctly, maybe like a year and a half ago, uh, the QCSC program. Her background is mainly in biology. Um, and she did her PhD in pathology at McGill, so in Montreal. Okay. And for her, it was just, I just want to explore entrepreneurship. Like she didn't know much, but. She started, uh, uh, she wanted to accelerate the diagnosis of ocular cancers without mm. having an intrusive surgical procedure. So okay. this is what she wanted to do. And she managed to develop then through, through her research a non-invasive methods to identify uh, DNA, small DNA factors in, in the blood. So oh, wow. this is, it's, 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 it's insane. And like she, she did <laughs> in spring 2021, so not that long ago. Um, and now she's started to actually build her business because she got all of that knowledge to, to get her there. She actually earned just recently the MyTax, um, award for outstanding innovation, which is allowing her to continue her research on work on it. And the, the great thing is like, now she knows where she wants to get, right? Like she started with this Mm -hmm. idea. She has the tools. It's still early on her journey, but she's gonna have a huge impact uh, when she when she actually ends up building that company and, and you know move forward in a couple of, of years. Course. Now. So it's amazing. We have yeah, and we have quite a few. Uh, I'm trying to think, but I'm blanking. I'm like okay. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. That, that's that's already a good example. I, I just I just wanted people to kind of see you know have an idea of what what the the démarche could be you know what the steps can be and where where it can take them now i another sort of feedback i'm curious about is yeah. imagine you know people who went through the program ended up not starting an, an entrepreneurial project but who might have and i don't know if you tried to get this feedback uh, feedback of okay even though you didn't go entrepreneurial what you know do you think what do you think this brought to you or do you think this changed maybe your view towards your phd or towards how you planned the next few years of your PhD or your transition to what came after? Because I I imagine these skills and this vocabulary, like you, like you were saying, are not just usable in the context of starting a business. Yeah. So actually, uh, and this is fresh off of my mind, uh, the the discussion that I was having with the alumni um, this week, Mm -hmm. he said that um, because of, of that vocabulary, now any research project that he's going to have in mind is going to be connected always into who cares about this, what mm-hmm. type of impact that can have. But not only that, it's like, how do I phrase it in a way that even the government understands why they should fund it? You know, mm-hmm. like, why is it important? And like, 
all of the potential commercialization uh, opportunities for the research that he's working on, even when it's, as he's still in academia. So I think um, that, and it was, it was super interesting that he mentioned that because it's not the first one that, that had mentioned that, but it kind of resonates into, you know, your supervisor is going to ask you, why, why, why should I care? Why anyone cares? And it's the same thing on entrepreneurship. Like an investor is going to ask you the same way, the same thing. It's like, why should, why should anyone care about this? Um, and by being able to answer that question in different ways, so why do we care into from the 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 let's say uh, I'm gonna say customer, but like the individual point of view, like in the mm-hmm. society, who may care from a financial point of view? And again, I'm saying financial, but it doesn't mean that you're gonna be doing a for profit. You know, we also uh, uh, think about when we think about entrepreneurship, we think about money and like, oh, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> people and like it's super strict. Like, not at all. Like, nonprofits also need to figure out their own business models. You know, so so you can you can think about different ways of uh, having that impact, and that's kind of like we want to demystify that. It's like yes, mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm. do it, um, and it's gonna help you with your research those skills for sure that you're gonna be developing. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that it it must also help if uh, eventually, let's say you're you're in the life sciences and you go into industry, because eventually you're going to be uh, talking with people who do, uh, yeah. you know, who, who are entrepreneurs in a way or who are managers, and some of this terminology will kind of you know will match that one and will and will help you have a different type of discourse and different different type of interview experience also even. Um, now I. A question I have is because we're talking about uh, kind of lowering the bar, the the barrier to you know to uh, to people to people just diving into the pool of or entrepreneurship or at least learning or, or kind of having a feeling of what it is uh, really. Um, but my question to you is, you know, you've been at D three, uh, you have this other program which is a later on stage program. What is the the? Um, it's maybe a kind of a wide <laughs> question, but what place exists in the ecosystem for PhDs? So you're preparing them for this. My feeling is is because you know you have you're in the know that there's place out there for them, but we you know people who are going through a PhD often we don't know that there's place for us other than in a lab. Mm-hmm. Can you, do you can you comment on that? Yeah, like what are the different potential opportunities? Uh, well, yeah, or or even experiences, things that you've seen be born, get born out of uh, out of a lab. And you've already mentioned one, but uh, it was kind of almost a, a philosophical question of can can PhDs expect that the 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 socioeconomic ecosystem other than the lab also has place for them? Yeah, no, and and a hundred percent. Like I'm thinking about. Uh, um, like quite a few examples. Um, there's actually other programs out there that help with that transition too. Um, there is this uh, a program specifically that's coming to my mind. I'm hoping to remember the name very quickly. Um, but it's training PhDs mm-hmm. to be part of the world of the VC world. So venture capitalist that's a capital one. okay okay that's very interesting. Maybe uh, you know maybe this is a future discussion, but. Um, <laughs> The, the reasoning is because we there's so much innovation in Canada. Like, we know this. Like, we are spending, uh, as a government, a lot of money there. Um, and there is a lot of knowledge that is being created, which is amazing. 
But unfortunately, not a lot of that knowledge is actually getting outside of the lab. And that's kind of like what I'm trying to do in, in, a, in a different level. Um, and the, the, when you get into a moment that you, the startup needs to scale and there's certain technologies, you have a lot of entrepreneurs that are saying, I can do this, I can do that. Um, that's a, that it's great to have someone that is an expert to help you assess what they're saying. Does it make sense or not? And this program that I'm thinking about that I'm trying to remember the name and I can't, it's actually giving them those tools to be able to use the knowledge that they have, uh, um, their own expertise to assess the future and how the technology, uh, if, if there is a potential for a new technology and what type of impact they may have. So that knowledge already there exists. We're kind of like, there is a position for them in there in that venture capitalist. We're continuing. We are always trying to find experts uh, and PhDs there. Uh, so that's a great avenue. Of course, there is some vocabulary that needs to be learned. It's not right off the lab, but it's, I think, a very easy, uh, well, I'm going to say easy, but like a good transition, let's say. Um, we have, you know, the example of uh, that I was giving of uh, um, Agnieszka, I'm going to name her, like uh, she, that she's now an entrepreneur, uh, but the, using her knowledge uh, in science to continue develop new products. So basically in R&D in the industry. So there's definitely positions in there. Um, in terms of, of uh, social innovation, for example, like uh, I have an example from QCSC specifically. Um, his name is Brandon uh, Junkie, his last name. Um, and he's working on optimizing the natural cap capabilities of uh, uh, microalgae. So basically... He's great in food for fish. Uh, <laughs> it's a big problem. Fish is fish. Um, and because of, of all of the, the um, all of the fish that we need to consume as humans, mm -hmm. it's actually created a huge problem in marine life and the whole ecosystem that it's already existing. So what okay. he's set up to do is to bioengineer uh, using algae uh, to create food for the fish. So then we don't have to go and farm from our own fish to be able to eat uh, ourselves later. So mm -hmm. he did that research and he's been developing for the past three years uh, okay. uh, a solution um, in the bio world. And now he's he's actually going into testing. And, and it started like as an idea because he wanted to do social innovation in the in the marine world. Like it started just as something like that. Figure out a way to actually make it happen, and he's making it happen. Um, so I think you have to be creative. Uh, I think you have to be try to find those. I'm gonna say a little bit of misfits, you know, <laughs> people that wanna go and do something different and have a chat with them. And there's so many examples. It's just you just have to be exposed. And I think to be exposed, you have to get out a little bit of the lab, um, and you're gonna find them. They're there, but you need to take that first step. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I and I believe this cohort of people go, getting into the program is probably you know you, you're going to create these con these connections with them who already are in this mindset. So exactly. I I don't know if there's there've been collaborations born of these cohorts, but I think it's a natural thing to happen. I've uh, I'm sharing the the website also for the FRQ because you can you can also find the program yeah. through the Fonds de Recherche du Québec website, and for the people on YouTube, it's 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 a uh, scrolling on the, the bottom of the screen here um th this is um this is really really interesting and uh 
maybe I think now we're at the point where we can start. We can talk about uh, the current. Uh, the current cohorts that are coming up and um, and any dates do you, do you have dates that you yeah. can share and uh, and maybe if you have an actual URL I can also set it up here and and uh, and, sh and we can share it on the live yeah so the application date it's February 2nd so that's our deadline and the program is like, starting February 7th uh, so in a couple of weeks from now as I said, Pretty much, uh, it's it's a very open program from that point of view. So you can apply. Uh, and even if you're not in Quebec, don't worry. Still apply. We'll put you to the right resource. Uh, we'll figure out a way to 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 bring you in. Like, that's our goal. We really want to um, uh, support any researcher that is interested in entrepreneurship. Um, and yeah, and I'll share it. So the both QCSC, and you can see more stories. You can go more in depth into the program itself. Uh, and see more details about the, the the curriculum too. So, if people follow this link www.qcse.ca, they will they will find that uh, the program that you just talked about. And and is is the link to to the uh, to the form where they can roll on this link to on. Yeah, exactly. There is just a, a spot that says apply now and, and it would take you to the right place. Um, anyway, and you know what? If anyone has questions, like send us an email. Like I love to um, jump on video calls. Like, you know, you were asking, like, we do a lot of one-on-one. We don't necessarily do a lot of one-on-one because we have a lot of, of people, but there are certain people that just need it. Uh, so we do jump once in a while and chat with them and like, um, you know, we were talking about uh, Cindy uh, a while Cindy ago. Huffington, yes. Exactly. Like, she did QCSE, and, like, I, I'm meeting with her once in a while just to catch up, and her business is growing very quickly, and it's exciting, right? So we amazing. Love to, we love to talk with them and, and from the beginning or even when they finish because we want to know what how, how much of an impact it had, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah. And uh, – for people who are curious, so the next uh, deadline is February 2nd uh, for the next cohort, I imagine. The, and is there a limited amount of uh, spots or how does that work? No, we, we, it's, it's, because it's online, it's quite a big cohort. Uh, so no, there is no limit as long as it's, it happens before uh, the mm -hmm. deadline. And something that I'll mention, if you choose, if you're in Quebec, as I said, and if you choose the, the French cohort, Mm -hmm. um and you're under 35 years old you actually get it's not only free but you can get a a, a grant of up to a thousand dollars from things to logic yeah like it's you get paid to develop those skills. so we, we you cannot miss this opportunity <laughs> diana uh, we're reaching the end of the conversation but um uh one thing that i that i i would like to know or, or to ask um is uh and, and now i'm i've you know you, you kind of surprised me with this uh one thousand dollars and i kind of lost my train of thought um but do you have and i know now what i wanted to ask is there uh do you guys have a facebook group where so is there a sort of community does a cohort then have a space where they can exchange they can i don't know uh they can uh, become uh, accountability partners for each other, things like that. Is there something like that happening in the pro in the program? Yeah, so so we actually have a Slack. So anyone that gets okay. that joins the Slack, we have like six hundred people there. Uh, mm -hmm. It's of course super active when we have the actual 
workshops and 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 the things but we're actually thinking about doing something outside so we can just open for any scientific entrepreneur that it's it's curious about it um so i'll share with you in the future if we ended up creating it but for now yeah we have a slack so people they even find sometimes the co-founders which is exciting you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm, cool. mm -hmm. that's super super cool and that's what i thought so i, I did imagine so people these like-minded people in this in this space but all scientifics they're going to meet each other and actually do projects together it, it just makes sense <laughs> yeah yeah it's impossible not to you get it no. right away <laughs> <laughs> this is this is it i'm i'm really really happy that you reached out and i'm really happy to have had this conversation and i really hope that a lot of people watch this click on the links and go enroll because this, yeah. this is kind of a present and um and I don't see any downside to uh, uh, the, much the opposite to enrolling in this program. Um, so I, I really do uh, recommend. So again, www.qcsc.ca. There's uh, English and French, of course. All of it. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's this other program we, we may want to talk at another time, but for people who are, because now people are at home, not being able to go to the lab, a lot of them, um, maybe they have ideas burgeoning because of that. Uh, yeah. But maybe also they feel like, oh, but I, you know, I'm not an entrepreneur. You know, uh, entrepreneurs are, uh, are, guy, are, are like gray haired men with, <laughs> you know, with uh, gray suits or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not made for this. And I, you know, I'm a, I'm a 24 year old woman, you know, uh, I come from another continent even because I imagine you said that it's very diverse. The cohorts are very diverse. I love to hear that. So yeah. do you have a word of encouragement or of, uh, of, of um, enticement for someone who's kind of on the fence and maybe thinking, nah, this is not for me. I think that would be the last thing I'd like, I'd like you to, to share. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, what is uh, one step at a time. So I think, don't don't overthink it too much. Sometimes we want to do everything perfect. I think it's better done than perfect. And this is like an <laughs> entrepreneurship. That's something that we say. It's better done than perfect. I know it's very different from you know in in the in the lab, but um, with entrepreneurship is just just test it out. There is nothing wrong. And at least if you don't like it, you have the knowledge to say this is not made for me. But don't don't uh, try to put those preconceived ideas on the side. Mm -hmm. just for a couple of months because you may discover something about yourself that you didn't even mm -hmm. knew you had and i've noticed working with these entrepreneurs for the past years passion takes you a long way passion can make you do so much and if you see that you can help someone it's just gonna it's gonna move mountains so i would say like you know put the preconceived on the side one a step at a time and and at least explore that's the minimum i think that we can uh do for ourselves perfect well i i agree with you passion can make you do a podcast for two <laughs> and a half years about careers for phds and your phd is like from 10 years ago i i totally agree plus if i can add something i i really 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 believe that no matter what this is gonna enrich your phd your research your academic, even you know, your your academic researcher uh, uh, journey. I really, really believe it. Diana, thanks a lot for this. Uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation in French, which we, we are, haven't scheduled yet, but we, we're going to have it. 
Um, this is really great news. It's news for me. I, I'm kind of flabbergasted that that you know it, it's it's happened. It's existed for three years, uh, but because it's news for me, I imagine it might be for a lot of people. And I, I really, really hope that coming on Papa PhD will help you guys reach more people and will help more people have kind of a, a more diverse experience during their graduate research experience. And, and then a more uh, a softer or a smoother transition to whatever comes after, be it in the lab, be it out of the lab, be it employed, or be it as an entrepreneur. Because I, again, I think th this is a it's a it's a win win no matter what if you do this. Yeah. Thank you for have, for having been on on the show. It's really really been fun. Thank you. Yeah, definitely, it was fun, and I'm excited to continue discussing this in French too. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of the Papa PhD podcast. Head over to papaphd.com for show notes and for more food for thought about non-academic postgrad careers. I'll always be happy to share inspiring stories, new ideas, and useful resources here on the podcast. So make sure you subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to always keep up with the discussion and to hear from our latest guests.